You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Pru. Michael, how are you? Uh, Andre, uh, locked down, masked up, you know, the usual. Are you sick of reminiscing about 2020? Because it wasn't all bad. We got like that really awesome, hot, dry summer. Yeah, the, the you know, the uh, I, wrote, I wrote an article recently and, and one of the winemakers said the best part about 2020 was the vintage. So uh, we decided in our infinite wisdom, because we had not talked about the vintage in any way, shape or form during harvest, that we would get right down to it to start the new year. I think that's a a great way. We got to look backwards before we can look forwards, right? Well, that's that's very surreal or cerebral or Andre. I I just don't expect that from you. I know. I don't expect it from me either. Uh, Introduce our guest. So today we are heading down to the Lake Erie North Shore. Now there's a region that doesn't get a lot of love from Toronto. Um, and we're going to talk to Roberto Macedre uh, of Macedre Vineyards. Um, and Andre, I'll, I'll come right out and say I think they are, and I'm not just blowing smoke up his ass here. I really think they're one of the best wineries out in the Lake Erie North Shore. And, so, and Roberto, possibly, and possibly, how are you? and possibly one of the most hey. underrated, uh, underrated wineries in the province. Because frankly, the wines from Lake Erie North Shore don't make their way up the highway to Toronto as often as they should. No, they don't. But I think Roberto should bring more this way. Yes. Roberto, how are you? Let's try that again. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. I'm great. We're uh, we're doing really good down here. We're kind of holding our own and uh, making wine. So we're kind of. Right now in the season of of testing the tanks, and uh, we're gonna start we're gonna start um, filtering the whites very soon, and everything everything looks pretty clean and pretty nice. So I'm gonna start with the most general question of all: How was the season and harvest 2020? It was uh, now putting context to it. We started off late in the spring. Um, about 15 days late, and usually, as a you know, as a winemaker, I'm thinking uh, w- when you get off to that late start, usually we're w- to be on our front foot. We have to start chopping some fruit off during the year to make sure that there, there's not that, that we can ripen our fruit on time by the end. Um, but as the summer went on, day after day, um, you I mean, you guys in Niagara, very very similar summer where. It was it was a lot of sun, a lot of dry weather. So we kept, you know, we, we would just kind of look at each other and say, "Geez, you know what? We're catching up. The the bricks look okay." So at every at every benchmark, we kind of looked and said, "Okay, we're catching up. We're catching up. We're catching up." So by the time August came around, when it was time to, you know, when you have to make the decision on on your quantities um, to, to 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 chop some fruit off in order to meet your your your, your desired ripe this level right it, it, it became okay we don't have to go crazy here we don't have to chop a whole lot we can make sure everything's clean everything's managed we can chop what we you know the what we usually chop just to be safe and and um and you know what it, the the fall i mean the fall was fantastic so we ended up getting to our benchmark of that 24 bricks right 24 percent sugar it's kind of where we want to be and it, I, 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 I actually, I'd, I'd hate to see what we would have gotten if, 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 
if we were if we didn't start 15 days late, my gosh, we would have gotten 26. We would have had issues with the fruit being too ripe at 26, 27. So really, it, it really balanced out extremely well. So the fruit was clean, the fruit the fruit was ripe. Um, we we had a dry harvest, so we didn't have to worry about um, oh geez, we've got to get out there, we got to pick because it's going to rain three inches. Um, it was just dry, so we could make our own timetable. We could pick at the optimal ripeness for whites. It was a little sooner. For reds, we can let them, we, 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 we would get up to our desired bricks level, and then we would just sit for another seven to 10 days. And the, the grapes weren't getting any more ripe, but they were just soaking in the sun, and they were just getting supple and getting just, you know, developing those tannins on the skins. You're making so, me thirsty anyway, already. Really so uh, just a, a, a really quick question here before Andre jumps in, because I know what he's he's going to ask. But we have heard from other regions such as Niagara and Prince Edward County that there was uh, a, a, a less fruit out there this year. Did you have that as well? It, it was it was dependent on the variety. Um, we had a little bit less. Uh, we Merlot and Syrah. Are the two are the two are two most sensitive varieties, so the Merlot and the Syrah were were about two thirds. Um, the Cabernet Sauvignon, perfect. It was like I, this. It, it was just kind of we, we get good yields, and and we got you know our our, our full load on on the Cabernet Sauvignon, um, and the whites were pretty good too. So it was mainly the Merlot and the Syrah, and what that what I attribute that to was if you recall. We, we had winter back in November a year um, th that year. Like, remember, it was a very early chill. And I think we and lost let a few go. buds on those sensitive varieties. Um, if, if you recall, it would have been November um, 20, um, a lifetime ago, <laughs> November 20, uh, 2018. Or no, it would have been 2019 going into the 2020. So November 2019, we had a cold, cold snap mid-November, right? And we had some, um, we had a, a snowfall like mid November, yeah, yeah, and uh, and 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 uh, and we went down to like minus thirteen, and and we had just finished harvest, so you 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 were just taking fruit off the vine. The vines aren't fully hardened, and you're hitting you're hitting minus thirteen. So that I, I think that's why the Syrah and the Merlot got nipped a bit. So during we had to be during our pruning, we had to leave some extra buds and things. But but uh, but in the end, in the end, it was really. Um, it worked out. So I guess the question, uh, the question I have for people who aren't familiar with Musedre, what varieties do you have planted on the, on the property? Um, we have, we have 10 varieties actually. We have, we have our reds, our Cabernet Sauvignon, uh, Cabernet Franc, Merlot, Syrah. We do, we do with a whole kind of gamut. Um, when we started off, we, it was an unknown. We started off planting in 2001, and it was kind of unknown on exactly. Um, Sal D'Angelo was was our was 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 my mentor. So he said, you know what, you got you got to you got to do Vidal for ice wine. You got to do Riesling. You got to do Cap Franc. And and I said, okay, that's fine. But I, I like I like Merlot, Cabernet Sauvignon, and and you know Pinot Gris. I wanted I wanted to we wanted to push the envelope on some of those. So we ended up doing a test plot at the time. We did the main varieties of Riesling, Cabernet Franc, Vidal at the time. 
But then we did some test plots, and we and we we saw that Cabernet Sauvignon is incredibly resilient. I, I find my Cabernet Sauvignon lasts through winters uh, better than my Cab Franc at times. Um, so Cabernet Sauvignon is a really really hardy variety in it, and obviously its its name speaks for itself. Um, and that's we've kind of the, the quality that we've been able to obtain with that Cabernet Sauvignon here in a, in in this southern region. We can really kind of um we, we can ripen it a really consistently right um so we really like that cabernet sauvignon so we 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 tested syrah and syrah we knew syrah was going to be a challenge um so we don't get it every year but we do get you know every out of every four years we get we get three crops out of syrah you know not always the most crop but you know what just because it's a small crop it doesn't mean it's uh it, it, the smaller crop a lot of times is more is more is better right so it's just a matter of of um of managing that crop and we've also recently about five years ago we planted nebbiolo and barolo so we're going to come up with our first little bits of nebbiolo and barbera wait a uh, second so an italian family planting <laughs> italian grape varieties that's a yeah. shocker to me Sorry, I said i think i said nebbiolo and barolo. Uh, nebbiolo makes the barolo grape so nebbiolo and barbera those two grapes. So, so yeah. And so we we're, we're testing, we have a little plot of that and um, we hope to kind of come out with, with some of those, uh, with some of those more specialty varieties kind of thing. Of course we have some whites. So we do a Riesling, a Pinot Gris, um, which we call Pinot Grigio because we're Italian. We make it nice and crisp. Uh -huh. um, and we have, you know, a lovely Rosé and, um, and also a Sauvignon Blanc. And the Sauvignon Blanc, you know, Sauvignon Blanc's always—that's my—that's kind of my work in progress. Every year, I'm trying to—I'm trying to nail down a style. We're not going like I'm trying to nail down a style, and and I and I don't, I, I, I don't want, I don't want a Niagara, I don't want a California. I, I and people come looking for those, right? The, the New Zealand. I just want to nail down consistency on that Sauvignon Blanc for myself. You know what I mean? So I can say this is what it is for us. Well, what and is it? What is it you're really looking for? Like, what is it you're really? What? 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 What would you describe as like the style that you're chasing? Like I'm, I'm guessing it's something that you enjoy drinking yourself. But like what? Exactly. Like what? What is yeah. that style? It, it's more. It's more. Um, it's more of a, a a stony, earthier food kind of um, uh, kind of like kind of it's more kind of california more more california where where there's um there's there's heavier hints um of fruit and more more kind of um meaty earthy kind of texture to it um now Andre, you want to you want to lay down your uh your your request to uh Roberto, see if you'll do it. Well, it seems like Roberto has a clear, clear uh, vision of style, but I have been trying to get someone from the Lake Erie North Shore to do a fumé style Sauvignon Blanc, just because you guys get oh, a little fumé. bit more heat than Niagara, and I think that um, I really love Sauvignon Blanc when it's done in barrel, and you get that that restraint, just add that extra layer of um, complexity that uh, is maybe missing from a lighter, crisper style of Sauvignon Blanc. I don't know and, if that's you would like and to that do. is something oh sorry no no you go ahead yeah i mean it, it, you know what that's that's entered my mind for sure because sometimes uh, we, we i i i feel like i feel like our sauvignon blanc 
is is fruity. It's nice. It's well made, but sometimes it lacks an identity. And I don't know if it's me that has to give it the identity by 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 making consistently the way it is, or do or do I or do I make a style like a fume, which which really has entered my mind. Um, it, it, it is something that's kind of next on my on my list, maybe maybe in the in the next couple of years to come to to test that out. Well, considering you actually grow your own Sauvignon Blanc as well, mm -hmm. uh, Andre, that would be the Sauvignon Blanc you're looking for, the actual Lake Erie Sauvignon Blanc done uh, in, sign, in barrel. Sign me up the moment that that's done. I would love to taste that and check it out. Yeah, you know what? I probably, I, I'm going to, I don't see, um, I, I don't even know why. Sometimes it's just, you know, I've got, uh, there's so many, things that go through my mind but it's like once you start going through harvest you're just plowing you're plowing you're plowing plowing and, and there's such long days and you get to it it's like oh geez let's just let's just let's just press this thing and do it like we always do it sometimes you get into that rut i mean you know and, but you know what next i'm gonna make a note for sure remind me if i forget for next year i can definitely set aside i only have to set, i only have to set aside um uh, maybe half a ton to do a barrel or two um and and i could definitely i, I can definitely work that through and i want to test it for myself too <laughs> oh michael well, this we'll project is to gonna it with you it's gonna get out of hand here we're gonna get every winery in uh, in lake erie north shore to to pioneer fume style uh sauvignon blanc with the uh, vqa lake erie north shore on it so roberto yeah. last question what are you most excited about that's sitting in your cellar at the moment oh geez <laughs> Oh boy. Um, I would have to say, I would have to say the 2017 Nebbiolo. Oh, geez. I didn't even, I was, I was looking for a 2021. He pulls yeah. it all the way back to the 17. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's still, it's, it's, um, it's ready. It's ready. Um, I mean, the cat, it's just for me, it, it's just, it, it's exciting me because it's different. I mean, and, and I, I, I've reached my. I, I've. I've. I'm happy with where my Cab Sauvignon is. You know, it could get better, obviously, but I'm happy with the consistency that we've achieved. Now I want to try to achieve some kind of consistency with with a Nebbiolo or a Nebbiolo blend or something that pushes the envelope that way. Um, but but yeah, that's where I would be excited. Well, I guess a question I have for you then is, is for 2020, is there anything in particular that you're excited about for this year? Um, the, the Merlot, which, which is actually, um, it's, it's going to be part of our merit. It's, it's the, it's, it's the batch that goes into our meritage. So it's the estate Merlot and it's always makes up 60% of our meritage. So I'm, I'm excited about that specific, um, batch of merlot it's really incredible I, i'm gonna have to really um usually we, we 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 force ourselves to blend it into a meritage but i'm we're gonna have to you know it, it'll likely end up being better in the blend with the cab um but i definitely want to make sure that that merlot is fully being exp only getting better if it is with that cab and not just mixing it to make a meritage for the sake of making a meritage. But generally speaking, that meritage with that 60% of estate Merlot is, is kind of the 2020 um, little bit that, that has me uh, excited. 
I mean, we, we don't have a bad batch in the lot right now. It's all making it's all pretty exciting for this year in terms of the wine. But um, but that Merlot does does stick out for me. Well, I'm always a big fan of your Bordeaux uh, varietal, so I'm looking forward to tasting some of those wines. And I really appreciate you giving us the time to let us know what was what in the Lake Erie North Shore for 2020. Great. Hey, thanks for having me on. Thanks, Roberto. I appreciate it. Looking forward to trying some of those wines. Okie doke. Yeah. Stay safe. Have a good one. Big fan of Roberto's wines. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Um, I, I, as he was talking... Again, I'm thinking, man, we really got to get our asses out there. Uh, and I don't know when, but just just to hit some of those vineyards like we did a, a number of years ago, I, I, I want to say now it's five years that we've it's we did been a It's been a while. Uh, I think that was when, we, you know, I think it'd even be nice to sit down with Daryl at, at Peely again now that our equipment is a little bit better and, and things would work a little bit better on the road. Uh, but yes, I mean... Spend spend some time with with Roberto in his cellar, tasting some wines or tasting old wines with him. Definitely, that would be pretty cool to do. I think they've got a pizza oven at uh, Musedri as well. They do, yeah, and they're really and it's really good pizza. One of the one of the uh, first pizza ovens I ever saw in uh, in an Ontario winery or at an Ontario winery. They we we definitely need to find a way to get more Lake Erie North Shore wines up the highway and. Frankly, it is one of the problems with the LCBO and how things are set up is a lot of the people making really great wine in the Lake Erie North Shore um, just aren't making enough to get it through the LCBO, you know? So we got to figure out a way to get there either hopefully this year if if travel allows us, but if not, definitely in, uh, I guess, 2022. Am I already talking about 2022 already? I guess, it's but January. I mean, we have bottle we have bottle shops now, so hopefully we can get someone to, uh, like some of the bottle shops to step up and maybe carry some more local stuff. We could we could have some VQA-only bottle shops in the city, no problem. So, you know, I threw down the gauntlet for the Lake Erie North Shore to uh, make Fumet Blanc. Like, let's throw the gauntlet down. If you're running a restaurant right now, like, definitely give some of these smaller wineries a shot. Uh, you know, we take a look over the past couple of weeks talking to Kimball Lacey and now Roberto Macedre. There's definitely room on your shelf for some of the wines that these people are making. Give them a shot. Yes. And yeah, we got it. But I still want to get down there. Yeah. No, no. I'm, I'm going to harp on this until we do it. <laughs> once, uh, once travel allows, I think, I think we're all getting a little bit squirrely here. Anyways, uh, if you like what you hear, uh, we really enjoyed doing this, this wrap up. Um, you know, don't know what we're going to be doing for next week, but I'm sure it'll be something. We've managed to go a few weeks without swearing, too, Michael. So uh, not, not a lot of swearing. I think I got an ass in there, and and I think we got a somewhere in there. But uh, there's uh, another other one. Than that, we, you know, nobody's dropped the f bomb like your wife, for God's sake. I know. And we did we did pay the penance. Uh, we did send that money to Brian Schmidt, and uh, you know we're all squared up. So we're working on the 2021 swear jar. Uh, and, oh, and thanks to uh, Brian Schmidt. He gave us a big shout out on uh, Facebook. So thanks, Brian. So you Very can nice support us. You can help us pay our bills, our, our swear jar bills, by checking out patreon.com slash two guys talking wine. You can uh, follow me on social media at Andre Wine Review on all platforms and uh, check me out at andrewinereview.ca. I'm the grape guy or I'm Michael Pincus. I'm one of the other. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't chain them all together. Uh, like Andre did, and that's because I got in earlier than Andre, and I had no idea what I was doing. So I'm Michael Pincus of <laughs> MichaelPincusWineReview.com. Take it away. And 
you know what? Wash your hands. Stay safe out yep. there. That's the one. Don't lick any metal poles because it's cold also. And good night. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes. This episode of Two Guys Talking Wine was produced by Jim Ray and Adam Duran.